Hey. Something happens when you release the sound. Chains begin to break when you release the sound. Bodies are healed when you release the sound. Minds are delivered when you release the sound. Walls fall down when you release the sound. You can say, preacher, there's, there's nothing to my voice. Let me tell you what, in the book of Joshua, they yelled and guess what happened? Walls came down. So let me tell you, you got power, baby. Don't you start doubting yourself. You better not start doubting yourself. If it happened in the Bible, it can happen right now. If it happened in Joshua's time, it can happen today. Release the sound. my my I feel the Holy Ghost in this place I feel like God is getting ready to do something supernatural ah Lord have mercy <laughs> yeah. musicians don't play with me Jesus no 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 y'all stop y'all stop the Lord tonight. Amen. Uh, you know, I'm going to take my time tonight. You can, you can be seated. I'm going to take my time for just a moment. <laughs> when I found out I was preaching, I told some of the kids at RCA and I don't know what I was doing or I don't know what we were doing at the time, but I was talking to Jackie, Jackie Williams. Amen. <laughs> and she was like, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm preaching Sunday night. I don't know how we got into it. She's like, 
Wow, that means we're going to get out of church early. Yep, gotcha. So I'm just going to take my time tonight. Hey. What an incredible spirit we feel in this place. I love what we feel. There's something powerful about the presence of the Lord. You can't describe it. Amen. You know, there's some backstory about all this, what I'm getting ready to talk about tonight. And uh, tonight, I'm going to be very specific about some things. I'm going to be uh, vulnerable. Because, you know, we're all family. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're family. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, we're family. So tonight, I'm just going to be a little vulnerable. Maybe not a little, but I'm going to be vulnerable tonight. But that's okay. You know, I actually, I feel like it's over. I hope so, Jesus. But this word that I have is very specific. God's been dealing with me been dealing with me about this for a really long time so specific as I remember the day where God was starting to talk to me about this and I didn't know that this was for a message but God was just started talking to me about this and I could be specific there were some boys it was first night of summer last year Tuesday June 6th I was supposed to go out with some boys they know who they are supposed to go to Wingstop and party. And uh, <clears throat> it was actually the night where Bishop felt led to have us listen to that podcast, Kingdom Speak. And, and I thought, I thought I was doing something. I thought I had plans, but God had different plans. Amen. And that day, God turned my world upside down, and not in a bad way. I don't want to seem like, you know, God hit me over the head or something like that, but how many people have been living for God long enough to realize that sometimes we get caught up doing things and not even realizing that it might not be the right way to do it? So, I didn't realize that I had, uh, I had some priorities, but God had different priorities. So, and I was going to preach this August, in August, and I was like, I thought I was ready. But then God moved, we never got to the message, and I, uh, it left me, I, it left me for eight months. And now I'm here today. Amen. But I speak to you tonight as not... I don't want to speak to you tonight as a youth pastor. That's what I am. But I want to speak to you tonight as your friend because I love you and you are my friends. Like Brother Stewart was talking about, there's some people that don't have family, but when you come into this house, you're a part of a big family. And he was talking to me, I'm telling you. So I know it was said before, but Brother Stewart did an amazing, amazing job following the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Before we get into the word, I want to say one more thing, a couple of things actually, not one more. First off, I'm thankful for God and all that he's done, and I'm thankful for the bishop and first lady of this house. Amen. Come on, can we honor them tonight? Amen. They are truly like, I'll speak for all of us, they are truly like our parents, our mom and our dad. So I just want to say thank you, Bishop, for loving me like a son, for seeing seeing what God saw in me when I didn't see. First Lady, I love you. Thank you for everything. And I want to thank my beautiful wife who's right in front of me. Amen. Every time I come up here and preach, she's like, stop, stop talking about me. Stop saying these things. So I'm, I'm going to leave her alone. She looks amazing, though. That's all I have to say. Amen. 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 And you are not here tonight because this is a social club. You didn't come here just to see your friends. Because if you came here just to see your friends, you'll be long gone. But you came here for something different. That's why we come to the house of God. I don't come to the house of God. I know it's a benefit. I know my friends and my best friends and brothers and sisters are here. And there could be a reason, but I come here and I know you all come here for Jesus. And he's here in this place today. Amen. Amen. We can all stand. <clears throat> Two portions of scripture. First one, they're both in the book of Exodus. First one will be Exodus chapter 3. The second verse will be Exodus chapter 33. So 3 and 33. Amen. Exodus 3 and 1. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame out of a fire, out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes. Well, this is a familiar portion of scripture. From off thy feet. For the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of the land, that, that unto that land, unto a land, a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and Perizzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. 
Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. One more portion of scripture, Exodus 33, verse 11. The Bible says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. Somebody say face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me known whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now the way. Somebody say, show me the way. Then I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. This is the conversation between God and Moses. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that in thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. For a few moments, can we just put our Bibles down and lift our hands in the air for just a moment? And I want us to pray. And I want us to pray that God speaks to us tonight. I believe that what we felt already is what God's going to do. Can somebody lift up their voice in faith and just talk to him? Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we come to you tonight. Lord, we come to you tonight hungry, God, for a word from you, Jesus. God, these people have come here today, Jesus, to hear from you. So God, would you anoint my lips of clay? God, would you anoint me and use me as a vessel of honor? Would you help me today, Jesus? God, would you hide me behind Calvary's cross, God? And Lord, would you help me tonight, Jesus? Anoint my lips of clay. Anoint the hearers, God. Anoint their hearts, God. Help them to hear what thus saith the Lord. God, give us ears to hear what you're going to say tonight. And Lord, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Can somebody clap your hands and just thank the Lord one more time? Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach for just a moment. An encounter with his glory. An encounter with his glory. Amen. You may be seated. Moses is a giant of the Old Testament. We wouldn't have known in the beginning God without Moses. He was the writer of the first five books of the Bible, amongst many other things. But the story of Moses and his leadership is incredible. He was the pastor of over a million people. It's a lot of people. Moses' story has so many powerful points and moments that I would love to share tonight. Moses was born where the Jews weren't a beloved people. 
They were actually slaves. And a decree was made by Pharaoh that if any male was born, that he were to be cast into a river. And can I just stop right here and say, abortion is not a new spirit that we've been dealing with. The spirit of abortion has been long, has been here long before we've even been here. But can I remind somebody that if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. Come on, I'll say it again. If you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. God didn't just create you for no reason. God didn't create you just to be a bump on a log. But if you've got breath in your body, God's got a purpose for you here on this earth. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Psalm 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't have to add anything. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The master has put his hands on you. It, uh, it don't matter. You can put whatever you want on, but you still won't be as beautiful as you are as the way God created you to be. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Moses had the hand of God upon his life. You know the story? Moses' mom loved Moses, saw that he was a goodly child, and she hid Moses for three months. And then after he got too big, she decided to put him in a, a basket and let him down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter was there one day, and she saw the basket, and she looked in the basket, and she saw that it was old young Moses. And she had pity on the child, and she kept the child. And so Moses had God's hand on him as soon as he was born. God's hand has been on you as soon as you came out of your mother's womb. Don't try to dismiss your calling. You're more important than you're making yourself out to be. Just because, see, a lot of us, we feel like God has to come floating down. Oh, Jackie, Jackie, I've called you. No, if you got a pulse, you got a purpose. It's that simple. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you breathing? Then you got a purpose. It's that simple. God's hand has been on you your whole entire life. So stop trying to dismiss it. Stop trying to run away from the calling of God. If God didn't need you, he wouldn't have created you. So don't give up just because you're going through a tough season. Don't give up just because you live in, a, in the world with the Egyptians. I know you walk around your school, you walk around your job, and you walk around in this world full of Egyptians, and I know you don't feel like yourself, but baby, that's on purpose. You're not supposed to commune with this world. We're different from this world. I know you feel like you don't belong, but God did that on purpose. God called you out of the world. God didn't call you so that you can mingle with the world. God called you that you can be separate. God called you. Amen. 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 God called you. That's why you don't belong with the Egyptians. That's why backsliding isn't going to help you. You think that if you leave the house of God and go into the world, you can ignore the calling of God and that you can drown out the voice of God with pleasure and self-indulgence. But can I remind you something? Moses grew up in Pharaoh's home. 
Moses had everything he could have ever wanted in the world. He had the best schooling. He could have any kind of meal he wanted. Best, best kind of training. He could have had everything at his fingertips. But there was something that stirred up on the inside of him that said, you know what? I know I might be born in Pharaoh's house and I might live in this place for just a moment, but I don't belong here. There's something that God's calling me to. That's why you can try and backslide all you want, but you cannot run away from the calling of God on your life. You can try your best to drown out all the noise. You can try your best to drown out the voice of God. But let me tell you, God is not a respecter of persons. God's not just going to be like, all right, you want your way, fine. Yes, he does do that. But God's not going to stop talking to you. So leaving the house of God is just, Jesus, help me. And we find Moses... He's conflicted. I can see it. Moses is conflicted because deep down inside he knew that God had something more for him. Don't trade the precious thing that we have for the junk out in the world. I know it might look, it might look nice right now, but the pleasure of sin is only for a season. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but let me tell you, it's not, it's a mistake. I want you to don't think about it anymore. Don't leave the house of God. God's got, I know you might be going through a tough time, but God's got more for you here. I can see Moses, he's, he's conflicted because he's, he's getting this, this training. And if you look at the Pharaoh in time, at that time, they say that the Pharaoh at that time was one of the greatest warriors and conquerors of Egypt altogether. He had this incredible, incredible campaign of conquering lands. And Moses had all of that at his fingertips. But still, there was something on the inside of him. I can, I can see Moses just trying to do his daily duties. And he looks out and he sees a Hebrew slave. And something just stirs up on the inside of him saying, those are my people. God called me for something about these people. I might not be able to see it right now. I might not be able to tell you what it is. But God's called me for something. Amen. He might not have understood it fully at the time. But Moses had a burden. And the Bible says that we find Moses 40 years old and he sees, I can see him walking in the palace, maybe getting done with his, oh, I mean, he better not be studying at 40, but he's in the palace and the Bible says that he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and I love it because Moses wrote Exodus and the Bible says that Moses looked this way. And looked that way. And he looked all around before he went and slayed the Egyptian. And so trying to accomplish the will of God through the arm of the flesh will not help you, but it will actually hurt you. You see, Moses was called to be the deliverer of God's people. But what ended up happening was he took matters into his own hands and he slayed the Egyptian. That was not the timing of God in his life. See, we can try and fulfill the will of God in our life by just trying to do it through the arm of the flesh. But let me tell you, God's going to take you to a wilderness for 40 years until you can learn to get it right. I know right now you're struggling with things and saying, God, I'm here and I'm there and I got a calling on my life. But don't do it through the arm of the flesh. 
You're going to prolong your process. You're going to end up spending 40 years in the wilderness until God gets that out of you. Don't force God's hand. See, something might be the will of God for you, but it's not the will of God for you right now. And what ends up happening is we have this fast food mentality that if I want something, I can get something right now. If Starbucks was open, which it is, I can go right now and get me a Trenta vanilla sweet cream cold brew with six pumps of vanilla, light cold foam, and cinnamon on top. Take notes. But you see, that's the kind of society we live in. We live in a society that if I want it, I can get it right now. But see, that's not how God's society works. God's society works is, I have something for you, but right now is not the time. I have promises for you, but right now is not the time. I have blessings for you, but right now is not the time. And the problem is, is all of us see it because God is a good God and he lets us know, I got plans for you. How many people have seen it, seen overflow of blessings and all these incredible things that you see God doing in your life? But right now, you don't see it. And see, we get this mindset that, man, God showed me, so it's got to happen right now. But if you had the blessing right now, you wouldn't even be able to control the blessing. And the blessing would end up being a curse. That's what happened with Moses. Moses had the burden to deliver God's people. And he knew he might not have been able to fully say it, but deep down he knew he was a deliverer of God's people. But doing it through the arm of the flesh is going to make you back up and take five steps backwards. And you're going you're gonna to be frustrated with yourself if you would have just waited for God's timing. Can I just tell you for a few moments that God's timing is better than your own timing? The Bible says that his ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. I don't want to trust in my own understanding because if I trust in my own understanding, it's only going to be a matter of time before I'm consumed. Don't force God's hand. It's, it'll be better in the, in the long run. There are some things in my life I can think back and just try and where I'm trying to push God and say, God, I want this now. God, I want this now. And if it would have been up to me, I probably would not have been here today. I'm just being honest. So Moses runs away for 40 years. And now we have an 80-year-old Moses walking by the mountain. And he sees this burning bush that's on fire but not consumed. And he comes to see this sight. And God calls him to be a deliverer of God's people. Moses was scared and he hides his face. But right there we see in scripture that Moses and God have an encounter for the very first time. I don't ever want to despise the moment when I met Jesus. I don't ever want to think back and say, oh, that moment was nice and all that stuff. No, there's a moment in our lives when we have, we've come face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That kind of encounter is not to be taken lightly because when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same. I said when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same. You'll walk different. You'll talk different. You'll act different. You'll think differently. 
Your encounter with God is not to be taken lightly. It's important. It's vital. Somebody, I bet you we can pass this mic around right now. And we can have a testimony service about when God found you. Because who, who can just think back about when God found them? Because I don't know about you, but when God found me, I was a mess. When God found me, I was on my way to a devil's hell. When God found me. Uh, and see, the thing is, is we, we say, well, preacher, you didn't grow up in church. So you had an encounter with God at a later time. And I've, I've known this my whole life. That's a blessing. That's an incredible thing to feel. To walk around and be a child of God. In the presence of the king. To be born into this apostolic truth. There's something special about being born into this truth. And you can encounter. You can have an encounter with God. Four, five, six, seven years old. You don't have to wait until you're 19 like me to go and have an encounter with God. So at the burning bush, God gives him the plans to go speak to Pharaoh. You know the story. God releases the plagues upon Egypt and they go through 10 different plagues. Egypt lets them go. Moses leads them to the Red Sea and before they go through, this is what Moses says. Exodus 14 and 13 says, Fear not and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more. When God fights your battles, you don't have to worry about seeing your en enemy anymore. I thought I'd have a few more people in that place. The Bible says that the weapon may be formed against you, but it's not going to be able to prosper you might feel like your back's against the wall and you got a Red Sea in front of you. But let me tell you, God's just setting you up for the miraculous. And see, when God fights your battles, when you wait and you do things God, God's way, God's going to erase your past. Amen. Then they went through the Red Sea and they gave God glory. It's only right when God brings you through it's only right to give God praise. Can we just clap our hands and thank the Lord for just a moment? It's only right. It's only right that when God brings us out that we give God glory. It's only right that when we get through a trial, we give God praise. They continue their journey through the wilderness. They get the manna, the quail, the bitter waters made sweet from the rock from Mara. And Moses, God takes Moses up onto the mountain for 40 days. I know I'm going slow, but I'm getting somewhere. Trust me. And he sees the fire around the mountain and the thunderstorms and the earthquake. And he receives the Ten Commandments and the instructions for the tabernacle. You know the story. God, Moses comes down. The people are idolatrous and make a golden calf. And Moses, in his anger, sets up the tabernacle outside of the congregation. And this is where we are. This is in our text, in our opening text in Exodus 33 and 11. And Moses enters the tabernacle into the cloud, and the cloud covers the tabernacle, and the glory of God appears. And, he, and this is what Moses said. He says, Lord, I need to know that you're for us and that you're going to go up with us, and I need direction. 
And the average person, when they get what they need from God, they would have just walked out of the tabernacle. But Moses needed something more. He needed an encounter with God's glory. And I know you have things that you need from God, but you can't just be satisfied with the answers and the hand of God. You need an encounter with God's glory. I know you've had a Red Sea experience, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful, but you can't survive solely off the Red Sea. You gotta find a time to get into God's presence, and you gotta find a time to say, God, I know you've answered my prayers, but I need more from you, Jesus. Miracles are nice. Blessings are nice. But that's not why I come to this house. Having a social club, having a place where I can talk to my friends is nice. But this is not why I come to the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Being a youth pastor is fun. And having a job at the school is fun. But let me tell you, that's not why I come here. I come here because one day, 10 years ago, I had an encounter with Jesus. And my life has never been the same. There was something that happened on the inside. Moses has seen over 15 miracles in less than a year at this point. And we find Moses and God speak to one another more than 30 times up until this point. And I do not believe the things that kept Moses going were the miracles. I do not believe that it was the Red Sea and making the waters sweet were the things that drove Moses to go into the presence of God. I do not believe that. I believe that somewhere on the backside of a hill, when Moses was conflicted with the call of God in his life, he had an encounter with Jesus, and he thought back about where God has brought him from, and he said, God, I need something from you. Miracles are nice, but they shouldn't keep you. They shouldn't be the sole reason why you come into this house. Blessing is wonderful, and blessing is, is called for us. We're the children of God. We're the children of Abraham. But let me tell you, this is not the reason why we should come into the house of God. The reason we come into this house is because we've been set free. We've been redeemed. God forbid we get into a place where miracles are breaking forth, but we don't find a place and we don't find a time to go to a place with God. God forbid we neglect speaking to God face to face. God forbid we neglect speaking to God face to face. Music, please, please come. I'm almost done. I'm going to come down for a second. This is where it's going to get real. Orrin, why don't you come down here, bub. Let's stand to the side. I'll call you when I need you. If Bishop was here, I was going to have us turn off the live stream, but I'm not worried about it. <clears throat> Eight months ago, my priorities were all out of whack. 
I put my ministry first. I put God and my wife on the back burner. And I felt like everything was okay. I was too busy to pray. I was too busy to read. And I thought I was fine. I'm, I'm doing the will of God, Pastor Ammon. I'm taking care of these kids. And you see, what ended up happening was, is I was teaching I, with, this, with this skewed mindset and my priorities being all out of whack. I went to go and teach a youth service. And I started to talk about how you can identify God by his handiwork. And I thought, oh, goody, this is about to be fire. And so I had one of my friends, Alden, come. And I said, Alden, this is what I want you to do. I'm so confident. <laughs> I'm so confident that what you can do is bring me some random people. Bring me some random people, and I want you. Come here, Orn. This is what I want you to do. I want, I'm going to look this way, and let me see your hand. Where's your hand at? And, oh, get behind me. Get behind me. You're not Satan, though. Get behind me. And I was saying, I can identify them by their hand. And see, I'd be able to look, and I thought I had it all figured out. Some of y'all might have remembered that youth service. And you see, I got a couple, right? I saw Isaac, and I heard him laugh. I was like, yeah, that's Isaac. I think I saw George. I got George. But then, my good friend did something funny. And he grabbed a young lady who was not my wife. And he grabbed two young ladies that were not my wife. And stay right there, Warren. Come here. Come here, babe. And I looked... And I was like, with all the confidence in the world, this is surely my wife. And I turn around, and it wasn't her. And we're all laughing, ha, 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 ha. I said, okay, let's try again. And then comes another hand. I said, oh, okay, okay, the first time I was wrong. But this is surely my wife, first lady. And I turned around. It wasn't my wife. But you see, what ends up happening is us in the house of God, we feel like we can have a relationship with the hand of God, and we feel like we know who God is. We feel like we can just have a relationship. God, I'm doing your, I'm cleaning the toilets. God, I'm on the cleaning ministry. God, I know who you are. God, I do what you call me to do. And we think we can know God by just seeing his hand. But God didn't call you just to labor in ministry. God called you for a relationship. You need to know God by his face. You need to know God and say, God, show me your glory. The problem is, is we try to justify and say, God, but it's for your will. God, it, it, I'm doing this for you. God, all these things I'm doing for you. But God says your priorities are all wrong. 
they're all wrong. Have you forgotten about me? I can hear Jesus saying, have you forgotten about what I've done for you? And all you can do is come in the house of God and just come on a Tuesday night and do your little patty cake prayer and leave. I know I'm preaching where we live. I went through the same exact thing eight months ago. Living life like everything's okay. But you know what? There was an angel that preached to the church of Ephesus. And he says, I know your work and I know your labor, but I have one thing against you. You've forgotten your first love. Some of us have forgotten the reason why we even come here in this place. Some people have realized this is about Jesus. This isn't about me being a youth pastor. This isn't about me coming here and high-fiving my friends. You don't understand how strongly God feels about this kind of stuff. Imagine having a relationship with somebody and never even bothering to look at them. Having a relationship with somebody and not even bothering to get to know them. We treat God like a sugar daddy. God, I'll do what you want. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll teach in Sunday school. I'll get up on the choir, but God, just give me what I need. God has not called you to give you what you need. God called you for him. God calls you to pull you out of this world. Can you put up Matthew chapter 7 for me, verse 21? I'm talking about an encounter with his glory. This is what Jesus says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Next verse. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. See, the thing we're doing for God Being on the choir, being on the camera, it's your worship. Don't get me wrong. But you can't just live off of that because God's going to say it's works. And this is what he'll say. This, if you think that you're going to make it, and I'm, I'm, if you think you're going to make it to heaven by just living and coming and living on a day-to-day -day or whatever you want to call it by your ministry if you think you're gonna live that way let me tell you you have some fatal miscalculations this is what it says verse 23 it says and then I will profess unto them I never knew you we think we know God 
by his handiwork. We think we know God by just seeing his hand. But let me tell you, there's a mountaintop and there's a Mount Sinai where God's trying to have an encounter with you. And God's trying to say, you can leave this place and never be the same because there's an encounter that I have. You're a good one. We can stand all across this house. I'm almost done. Put up for me Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Luke chapter 10 and 38. Now it came to pass as they went, this is Jesus, and he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Next verse. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou now care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. There comes a point in time where God needs to have a conversation with us. There needs to come a point in time where it says the title, I don't need it. The the choir, it's nice, but I don't need it. The music is phenomenal, but I don't need it. What I really need from you, Jesus, is I need an encounter with your glory. God, I need something that's going to help me get throughout the day. I know this is not my, my preaching style or however you want to claim it, but God's been waiting. God's been waiting for you. God's been waiting for you. And if all you can do is drown out the voice of God with work, don't be like me where God has to take your world upside down and shake you and try and get a hold of you. Listen to me, young lady. Listen to me, young man. God desires an encounter with you. God desires. No wonder why you're burnt out. No wonder why you feel like you want to give up. No wonder why you feel like you want to throw in the towel. You've been having a relationship with the hand the whole time. And God's saying, seek my face and live. Seek my face and that's where you'll find what you need. Somebody all across this house. Come on, somebody. God sent me here today to speak to us. God's wanting, are you ready to have an encounter with my glory? I came here tonight to talk to somebody. Come on, somebody. I need you to, I need you to, 
I need you to get rid of the distractions. I don't know what might you be going through, but come on, somebody. God's trying to speak to us today. God's trying to talk to us today. Come on. You got to get past the mundane, typical, everyday thing. And you got to have an encounter with the glory of God. God has a spirit that he wants to have an encounter with you. God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. Somebody all across this house, I need you to lift your hands. Somebody all across this house, I need you to lift your hands. Come on, God wants, God wants more. Come on, somebody, God wants more. And God's just wondering, what are you going to do about it? God wants more. God wants more than you to just be on the choir. God wants more than for you to just preach in Sunday school. God wants more.
somebody lift your hands all across this house. Gotta be Come on, just make that your prayer tonight. God, I gotta be. God, I can't ignore it any longer.